Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's coming up Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by the League of Uninformed Voters. Ooh. Yes. We're also brought to you by the Quickie Mart Discount Flu Remedy Extra Drowsy Edition. Oh, no. Um, we are also brought to you by Les Wynum. Mm, that's not a real guy. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I went for the abstract. <laughs> Here we are. Um, I'm so excited to talk about uh, this week's episode um, because it terrified me. And really? I think, yeah, a little bit. It made me a little scary scared. Were you a, like a very politically active person as a child? or <laughs> is it the I government? was part of the League of Uninformed Voters. <laughs> no, I just f- feel like the parallels of history repeating itself made As a me... kid? Did you say as a kid or did I make that up? Uh, you made yeah. that up. Oh, no. <laughs> Julia warned us at the beginning of the podcast that she was punchy, and turns out I'm the punchy one. So, what, when did it scare you? Now or when you originally scared, saw it? It scared me now. <laughs> but if I were to pinpoint when it scared me, possibly, possibly as a child, um, probably when Lisa was driving, because what is she doing? That is very true. <laughs> Actually, that's a lie. I wanted to do that. Were you scared, and we'll get to it, were you scared of pets possibly voting from the grave? Whoa! I think that's neat. (laughs) I I think that's pretty neat, too. Uh, Well, let's just get into it. This week we are, of course, talking about the episode Sideshow Bob Roberts. This is the uh, fifth episode of the sixth season. It originally aired on October 9th, 1994. It was written by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was directed <laughs> by Mark Kirkland, and the showrunner at the time was David Merkin. David? David? Where's my David's at? <laughs> Where my Merkheads at? Where my Merkheads? <laughs> I feel like if you do a hashtag Merkhead dive, you won't get what you want. Oh, well, some people will get what they really want. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to uh, introduce our guest or? No, take the charge and I'll then I'll take hop the charge. in. Maybe <laughs> just never introduce me. It'll Great. just be weird. Julia has a joke about that uh, on Twitter. About how, like, oh, the most yeah. awkward thing is when they... I made a joke about how I need a weed card because I have <laughs> tremendous anxiety <laughs> over podcast guests um, doing 20 full minutes of riffing before introducing their guest, who has chimed in on the podcast oh. episode. Because, like, you know and that yet. they're there. Is that, but is that yeah. protocol or not to chime in? It's just weird. No, chiming in is the right thing yeah. to do. Chiming in, it, yeah. But before you introduce, so we should introduce me. Well, the thing is... Is that everyone know now? I Maybe, kind of feel okay, like we've like committed it. to a bit, but, but it says the name in all of the tweets and on iTunes. Right, it's but not if a you're, mystery. Depending on your podcast player of choice, mm. maybe you're just sort of rolling through, and this could just be, you know, the next track. I only listen to podcasts when I enter into a dark room and someone puts the sound on for me. So this <laughs> this episode so is making me really as nervous. As long yeah. as that's the case, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Hell yeah. uh, I'm Bob Scratch Cold. <laughs> Uh, oh. Bobcat Goldthwait. Bobcat, we're so happy to have you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Uh, tell us a little bit about your new show. It's on True TV, the uh, Federal Witness Relocation Network. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where people, have, if you have to cool off after turning fed evidence on a crime figure. No, so... Uh, <laughs> 
Tree TV, uh, it's comedy now. I think that's their motto. Uh, and, uh, it should be. So it's called uh, Misfits and Monsters. It's an anthology series. So each week it's a completely different episode and different genre, different style, different cast. Mm-hmm. And so the last one is... 90% animated. So the yeah, I guess. Yeah. I say. Because I saw in the promos that some of it was, there was some animation There's animation. The, the first episode was Seth Green, and he played a guy who was the voice of a very popular animated bear, and then the bear comes to life and tries to kill him. So it's, because uh, he hates the way he makes his voice sound, so... It's like, Have Kate, you ever related to that experience? No, you know, I thought it was. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's, I thought it was about Tom Kenny, my friend, mm-hmm. since I was six years old. And I, I thought I was writing it about him because um, he's SpongeBob and so many other characters. But then it was my daughter who worked on the show who didn't. She had a point out to me. She was like, hey, dummy, that's you. This character that that's I don't know if the character that I created it was trying to kill me, but certainly maybe financially. Sure. But, yeah. uh, no. So, yeah. So it's Cape Fear and Roger Rabbit and uh, very violent. And that was uh, that was the first episode, which was animated. And then the next one is uh, it's. Uh, uh, it's about swarm mentality. So uh, two guys get reincarnated as bees, and then um, <laughs> oh, naturally, yeah, yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't really think too far out of the box, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was a little political. Uh, I mean, they 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 tend to have some sort of uh, politics in them uh, most of the episodes. I, I, that's not surprising at all if anyone has seen any of the stuff that you've made. Your stuff is always it always is very grounded and funny and great, but it's also it's always got a really strong message. Whether mm. I I I hope so. I mean, sometimes I think it's a little less subtle in the show. Like there's one with David Koechner. It's set in the '70s, and he plays a. He's a uh, uh, like a, a Cal Worthington. He's a used car salesman who who's bigger than life, and uh, you know, a good old boy shoots from the hip and all that stuff. And uh, I the, can't picture David Keckner as that character. <laughs> it was a stretch. I wish he there was, was a reel or a clip that I could something, review. I know it's like even right. like putting him in a cowboy hat. We felt bad, right? Uh, yeah, he brought his own. I didn't know why. the cowboy hat came off. No, but I he, know. I was going to say at least we, we we put a lot of sequence on it and we made it look oh, like nudie. Okay. Okay, that's uh, so, but he, he, uh, so they they run him for office uh, to be the president, and then um, he's disclosing, the, like, well, is there anything that's gonna to his campaign manager that's gonna bite us in the ass? He's, well, I cheated on my first wife. Well, that's what first wives are for. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm a werewolf. And uh, he's like, a what? <laughs> a werewolf. And uh, uh, anything else? And he's like, well, I. I ate a toddler when I was a werewolf, and they go, well, no one's perfect. So uh, this cub reporter, she's trying to break the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really ruining it, but, you know, they find out he's a werewolf, and it turns out no one really cares. I love that. <laughs> I want a werewolf for president. I don't want people pushing our country around. So uh, torn from the headlines. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's enough right. about Misfits and Monsters. That's, no, but uh, it, it, it's it's something that I think all of our listeners would love. Um, and also that particular storyline works so well with the episode that we're talking mm-hmm. about today. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so some behind the scenes, are we, we have a gigantic list of episodes left, although many people have said that some of the best are already taken. And that is true, but there's mm-hmm. so many gems. Yeah. And the whole point of the show is showing like... Not 
not just like the best ranked episodes, but we want to find a personal connection with each guest and each thing. And I sent over a list of maybe five episodes that I thought you might have some connection to. And I was not surprised. When I saw this, it it did feel uh, right in my wheelhouse. But but I did the one that I wanted to talk about, not because I was in it, but I just I have a story about I was in the is it the last temptation of crust? Yeah. 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 So uh, where uh, he's at a comedy festival. So it wasn't I had not (laughs) I had set the Tonight Show on fire. That's a long story. But I got uh, arrested and all this kind of stuff. It's ancient (laughs) history. Some people know it. Some people Mm -hmm. don't. Uh, And um, so Jay Leno had him reanimate the scenes where he and I were in the same scene. Oh, my gosh. They, They had a like paint over me with with other characters like eyes wide shut <laughs> which is so i love that story. what the fuck right because it's like bobcat's crazy uh but, but jay, pulls jay, that does, fucking move. jay doesn't want <laughs> he and animated bob and springfield to be seen together wow yeah that was pretty nutty yeah so what was the uh you know what was the experience of how did you get cast on it uh what was your relationship well, to the show i you know i i, I like everybody as I, I the show is great and then i went and um got asked to be on it so i was happy but it was i didn't have much to do you know it, it's uh, being a comedian i was playing myself so it wasn't that uh that much of a stretch uh, or anything. But it was fascinating to see how they did it. You know, the, mm-hmm. they do have a table read and everything, just like a regular sitcom and stuff. I mean, I guess if I was a, a big shot, I might just come in and, uh, you know, do my part. But I don't think that's how they go. I think most of the time people are there at the table. Yeah, yeah. Well, did they – so did you get, like, a script and see, like, the lines they wrote for you? And was there anything, like – that's what you think I would say. <laughs> no, like, was there any no, weirdness in more, that? Or? Was, no, uh, Bobcat wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> I, no, it wasn't that situation. But it was kind of funny later on to see. Uh, I would have went the way of the Who, which the Who asked to <laughs> oh, be yeah. to be drawn like they were in the. Uh, you know, uh, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I probably would have said, hey, draw me like in the 80s. Yeah, because, that's a good point. Because because I wasn't, you know, I was, the, you know, I knew what the deal was. They wanted me to do the persona people knew me for. So, you know, sort of have uh, middle-aged Bob Scratch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bald with a goatee. Right. Seemed kind of weird. It's sort of like choosing what your ghost is dressed as. You know? <laughs> have you thought about, like, how you want your ghost to look? Sure, all the yeah. time, Like, Julia? what cool outfit? <laughs> I think, like... What would your ghost wear? Um... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like 22 was a good age, and so I'd just be 22 forever wearing. What's that some... hairstyle for our listeners at home? It was. It was like. I mean, I had bangs for like two straight decades, so it was just like a like. I mean, I looked like Lily Allen. Sure. <laughs> like not, be, not gonna beat around the bush. I looked like Lily Allen. She admitted it. All right, fine. Twitter. Are you happy? What about you, Allie? What's your ghost looking like? Uh, I mean, I I'm kind of a uniform dresser. I always wear a floral dress and black tights and mm-hmm. either Converse or boots and an army jacket. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what the temperature's like as a ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might change. You know, things. bring a jacket because you can always take off. Well, according to yes. Ghost Hunters, you bring the temperature. You are Ooh. the cold. 
uh, spot you that's bring a, say. That's inspiring. You bring the temperature. <laughs> I was watching Ghost Hunters, and uh, my ears perked up because it was my hometown, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh wow, what is it? You know, I, mm-hmm. and then. Um, it was, uh, I believe it might have been the only haunted mobile home episode. Oh, <laughs> it really did have a oh, haunted. episode, because there are a lot of haunted mobile homes, I'm sure. Right, right, right. right. I, I don't what know. What did you learn? You saw the show. I was just like, represent. I know, you know? yeah, hometown pride. <laughs> of course. A haunted mobile home. Couldn't you just move it 10 feet and yeah. confuse the ghost? I have this joke about how my mom, she watches all of the TV, but seems to hate all of the TV. Yeah. Um, she you know she's the kind of person that's like I hate community and I'm like have you watched it she's like half the pilot you know (laughs) and so I had this joke that if I were to like pitch shows around town with her I'd pitch like a ghost hunting show where it's just her walking through old houses going huh must be nice (laughs) you know commenting on like window dressing that's her ghost story yes really quickly just with the mobile home again just because it's such a funny idea to me because like the whole thing is like if you're on top of an Indian burial ground but like you could just move right. <laughs> like right. you could find out and then you just move over a little right. bit right or or did, who, who who owned the trailer before that died and haunted it <laughs> right. you wouldn't get like an oldie timey ghost you know yeah you'd have like, <laughs> like three yeah. years older than you yeah just kind of a methy guy <laughs> oh man I can't... you know after the you uh, gotta make that show <laughs> after the fire they just you know they fix it up it wasn't it wasn't completely destroyed that used to be my lab. Yeah, it's the only remorseful ghost that's just like, listen, I'm sorry. Listen, I, I, yeah. I, I didn't, you know, you guys, are, it's cool if you don't mind me hanging out here. But I don't know what my ghost apparel would be. Probably something white, so at least oh, so it yeah. read. Sure. Oh, you want, you want to that's pop. That's the director in you. Yeah, are you, you afraid people wouldn't see you as a ghost? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a next I, level insecurity. I would just be this You're disem- a ghost podcast. I would be this disembodied head. Wow, it this would is be- the best therapy set. Ever. <laughs> My fear is that I'll be a Beckett play in the afterlife where I'm right. just his head that talks. Sure. Yeah. You just put him in a bowling bag and put him, <laughs> a, you know, exorcism over. Uh, so what about this episode? Uh, we could guess, uh, but what about this episode would you say really resonates with you the most that made you want to talk about it today? Well, I, you know, it is, uh, it, it is very uh, insane how it uh came true all this stuff in this episode but the other thing that's funny is when it came when you had this conservative uh talk show uh crackpot kind of guy it, he's just dismissed not realizing that that's the beginning of the end really you know and we're all just going i i do like the fact that homer finds him entertaining which yes is kind of sad it yeah. is sad yeah uh that kind of reminds me of ted cruz uh did like this whole video of simpsons impressions and then also claimed that the simpsons family uh were republicans and said that mm-hmm. like lisa and marge and, and maggie would be or tried to insult lisa and Maggie for being Democrats and tried to praise Homer for being a Republican. And it's like, well, sure, but Homer's made fun of constantly. He's (laughs) the butt of the joke. Also, he's the least sure man in America. It's not a good thing to say that Homer would vote for you. Like, he's a good guy through and through, but I wouldn't be surprised to learn that he was, like, a Republican in some ways. Because, yeah, what he's going to—he's supposed to represent— just you know your normal american mm-hmm. that's who voted for trump people that see a guy eating donuts just like him and they're right. just like oh yeah that guy's like me you know <laughs> well, it it is very scary but i i have a question for you guys because i was wondering about 
Why is Kelsey Grammer sometimes Sideshow Bob and sometimes he's not? Sometimes it's his voice. And Do you mean like sometimes he's Frasier and sometimes... <laughs> his commitment? Well, Bob, is really... that, you know when a Kelsey and a Grammer love each other very much. Very much. Well, sometimes he's he's like he's like Frasier, and then he's the the mayor. He's doing the boss. No, but he he. Uh, but sometimes he's not voiced by uh, Sideshow Bob's not always Kelsey Grammer. Is that true? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I you know I guess that's something that I did not know mm. because I I cannot imagine it without his voice because it's just like such a good scary. Yeah, but it's not always. And in this episode, it is. And then I mean, I'm wondering if I'm turning into some conspiracy nut job. <laughs> Uh, I w- was wondering if it was the politics too, you know, because I mean he is mm-hmm. a conservative. You know that that's the weird thing for me saying that about Cousy Graham. It's not like I, I don't mean that. Like I don't feel like I'm going aha and outing them. I mean then I'm just as bad as some nut that's always putting everybody in Hollywood in some sort of uh, <laughs> elite club that we have meetings right, and stuff right. about the you know. language. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so. I, I, I wondered, I didn't know, is the schedule too busy or did he get fed up with it? Did he say, Sideshow Bob is making a mockery of my party? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I I really, well, during our break, we'll have to, to investigate further. See, but... maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he just uh, was losing the voice some of the yeah, episodes. Maybe. Highly well, possible, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we see less and less of him, obviously, mm-hmm. as time mm-hmm. goes on. And as Kelsey does his Kelsey thing, you know, he had a lot to do. He had that I book he know. wrote. Let's right. find out if, if, if it <laughs> is him. I once saw him in a rainforest cafe, uh, so he was busy then. Oh, they tore down the one at Disney. Uh, uh, it was the one. I used to work there. Wow. I wonder if that's why they tore it down. I think yeah, you were bearing probably. the lead there. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. saw him there. I was, yeah. <laughs> I what did told, he order? Uh, well, he didn't order anything because I wasn't a server. I worked in the gift shop. Um, what and, did he buy? Uh, I, I think he bought all of the monkey plushes. Uh, um, he I knew was, it. He was with his new wife at the time, and oh. their their <laughs> young spawn. <laughs> she loved those, and she loves stuffed animals. <laughs> I know. So, so she's very let's young. talk about the episode. Are we taking a break? Yeah, What's let's going take on? a quick break. Hey, Max Fun listeners, have you been listening to Max Fun for a while, and you've just been wondering where's the new Flat Earth podcast I keep hearing about? Well, here it is. We give you all the facts on NASA's lies and how we know that the Earth is actually flat. Just, just kidding. kidding. <laughs> this is Ono Ross and Carrie, and we join fringe religious groups. We undergo alternative medical treatments, and we hang out with people like 9/11 Truthers, Flat Earthers. We find out why do people believe strange things. We join them, and we tell you all about it. We have a lot of fun. We make a lot of friends. Yeah, we do. We joined the Mormons. We joined the Scientologists. We got acupunctured. We got fire cupped. We got ear candled. We've done it all, and we're gonna keep doing it all. Why don't you check out Ono Ross and Carrie at MaximumFun.org? Hey, we're back! And we're back! Ah, uh, we had a great time. Uh, yeah. Tell us, tell me about it. We figured it out. We had a monkey in here. <laughs> so, so it says that he's the only voice. So it's my bad, me thinking that it, it, maybe he's just phoning it in sometimes. I but I love your Kelsey. Simpsons trutherism. Yeah, I would blame. I would. Blame good old Kels. 
Jerome Kelsgrams? I don't know. I still don't think he... he, I'm going to... I don't know. I think that you should take that stand. And listeners, you should let us know what you think. Were were there any episodes where you think that someone might have been impersonating Kelsey and they just let it slide? (laughs) That is not the first time The Simpsons would have done something like that. Right, of course. Yeah. The Simpsons has done that a couple times mm -hmm. with like saying it's somebody, but it's actually a stage name um, or a hidden name. So Mm -hmm. let's kick this conspiracy theory off. There are two sides of Bob's out there. Well, I was going to say that if it's something where you have heard Kelsey Grammer as Sideshow Bob in a later episode, a more yeah. recent episode, then it could be just the voices aging of everybody, and it's sort of like when you don't see your cousin for a while, and now and their they're voice twelve. Changes. Maybe yeah. Kelsey went through the change. <laughs> Maybe she finally went through the change. I, would, I hope it wasn't Sideshow Mel <laughs> that, that I got confused. Oh, David Hyde Pierce? Yeah, Grandpa got confused. That's yeah. a different guy. That's not the guy. Oh, so every Sideshow every side every character. Side show, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. get wow, it. Uh, you <laughs> fucking racist. I can't even. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Well, anyway. that's, well, that was also a very Homer moment of sideshow, Bob. Side, yeah. Sideshow. Oh. Dad, I will spare you the embarrassment. <laughs> uh, so, Julia, why don't you help the folks out at home who haven't yep. seen this episode in a while? It'd be my pleasure. So what we like to do here on the good old Sims podcast <laughs> that I've never referenced as that before in my life. And you shan't do it and again. And I shan't um, is we like to read the synopsis from Wikipedia ice cold. So it could be good. It could be bad. It's usually bad. It's usually bad. Uh, let me see if this even has it. Um, that happened last time. I know. I'll just read the whole thing. Okay. Sideshow Bob Roberts is the fifth episode of The Simpsons' sixth season originally aired, blah, blah, blah. We already talked about that. Kelsey Grammer returns as Sideshow Bob, who in this episode wins the Springfield mayoral election through electoral fraud. Uh, and that's it. Sure. That's uh, the entire description of the yeah. episode? Yeah. The rest just talks about how they took uh, references from all the president's men. And, oh, and Bob okay. Roberts. Yeah, yeah, Bob Roberts in the first televised debate between Nixon and Kennedy during the 1960 U.S. presidential election. Now, dude, it's, just, it's just the title, though. There's no other reference to Bob Roberts. I mean, he's not No, there totally singing, is. is well, there? The, the reference is visual, though. It's basically at some point you see uh, Sideshow Bob come out uh, with the flag draped around him, and right. that's kind of the cover. Oh, sure, sure. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I mean, it's still a similar conceit, um, mm-hmm. just because... Because he's entertaining that they yeah. fall for him? Yeah, so for... Anyone at home or wherever you are that has not seen Bob Roberts with Tim Robbins, I actually recently saw it for my first time, uh, I think last year, and I really loved it. But I think it's because I was watching it under the Trump presidency right. and it was just so eerily similar. Mm. Um, and I, I remember I, that. I really enjoyed it. Tim Robbins was con- <laughs> and it was concerned that people were going to take these songs that he had written. Right. Out of context. Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I did a, a... I'll bring it back to me. Please I do, did a, please. Uh, no, but I did a... One of the episodes is with Josh Fadum is a, a time-traveling... It's like a Jerry Lewis movie, but uh, around the Kennedy assassination. So it's like if... Uh, Jerry Lewis was confused for <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm not the guy. You know? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. You could totally see Josh as that. So, yeah, you, that's, I know, that's why it's Josh. So... Um, but we see one of the versions of al- the alternative history uh, when the Nazis won, which has been done over and over again. But it's, but you get to see American culture, and there's like the Nazi 
uh, Sesame Street, you know, with the strudel monster, you know. It's like, <laughs> say hi, John John. You know, say hi, strudel monster. A is for Adolf. And I was actually, after I put it out there, I was like, oh, I, I really don't want this out of context. You know, there's mm-hmm. Full House, H-A-U-S. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. And they were all brown shirts and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, you have to be careful what I'm saying, what you put out there. I don't know. I, what do you do? You put the, like a... a <laughs> Satire, yeah, uh, you need a satire button, yeah, yeah, glowing in the corner, yeah. How different would the world be if we had one of those? I mean, the magazine with a which satire I, button, yeah, the magazine I work for wouldn't be doing so well, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting because things are constantly, people are constantly being tricked about what's real and what's not. I know. I feel like the Onion has probably struggled the most. Oh, yeah. they're right. truly the most tragic people in this whole situation. <laughs> no, but, but but how often I yeah. I have to. <laughs> check the font so I know yes. it's the right. onion because exactly. so often I start reading an onion thing and I'm like uh, it just jibes yeah, right yeah. exactly when yeah. it was a real paper I also was like I didn't know what I was looking at I was like wow this mm-hmm. is insane that Bush said this and then my parents because I was like maybe like 15 and my parents just like honey <laughs> it's not real they gave you the talk they sat you down <laughs> yeah and everyone has that talk yeah absolutely uh, but let's get into the, uh, the episode mm-hmm. uh we talked about it before but there's a rush limbaugh type character uh his name is birch barlow mm-hmm. perfect name for him he looks and acts exactly uh like this you know big personality just saying things in a tone where it wouldn't really matter what you were saying it's just the anger is oh, going yeah. to excite whoever is listening that doesn't have maybe the sharp sharpest mind of their own. The confidence of a preacher man. Yeah, Just exactly. sort of like punching each, you know, word so that everybody... And I also love... I want to talk about the KBBL uh, radio station intro that we get their tagline. No sports, no rock, no information <laughs> for mindless chatter where you're stationed. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. One thing is that radio isn't what it used to be, obviously. Like yeah. what it was in the 90s and even t- early 2000s is is more like what podcasts are now. Um, right. But, I mean, with a big portion, the folks that the folks that supported AM radio, like the show, um, not your show, but the <laughs> show, uh, uh, they didn't go over to podcasts. I mean, right. they, they, yeah, good they, point. they just, I mean, they die, but that's <laughs> yeah. the only way they lose <laughs> right. listeners. Right. And I, well, often, especially when I was traveling around doing stand-up, I would always listen to those stations. Sometimes I was booked on those stations. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just this constant crazy diet uh, uh, telling folks, uh, you know, that us, the uh, Californians, are evil. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh and we kind of dismiss it because it doesn't affect it doesn't or it's not in our world but like even like in LA here if you listen to the AM radio which I'll do sometimes it's uh it's really crazy it's really sad there's it's just um a lot of uh White dudes my age uh who I don't know if you're aware of this in LA their their big topic is um those uppity homeless people. Yes, no! <laughs> yeah. yes, which I is, didn't know that. That's all they talk the about. The fuck? What yeah, does that mean? It's constant. I'm not surprised at all. There's that app. Uh, what's the neighborhood app? Is it? Is oh, it next door? Oh, next door. Yes. Okay, so there's an app. The it, most racist place in America. It really is. It's a really awful place. But next door is an app for those that don't know, where you you punch in your area code and it will show your zip code and it will have kind of a message board just for your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And usually it's supposed to be like you know uh, there's. Uh, 
a road closure or there's going to be an ice cream truck. There's or... a raccoon in my backyard. <laughs> be careful. Be uh, careful. I made too much jelly. Somebody come over. Exactly. And it ends up being just like the homeless are at it again. And <laughs> <You> <laughs> then know. it's just like there was a man wearing a hood outside. They looked at me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Someone, someone, my friend Andrea Moore, who's very funny and very political, she's in the DSA and is doing really cool, great stuff. But she posted this woman who has this theory that uh, people are are taking the leaves uh, from trees and and raking them down into the ground because she's never seen uh, leaves fall in summer, which happens every summer. Every single summer, sometimes the leaves will fall. It'll it'll be a little different from like fall or autumn. But like... She just has pages upon pages of just, like, the kids are at it. It's the kids with their hoods. And she just has made it a race crime. It's insane. Uh, But homeless people are always number one target. And that is one that... Uh, Birch brings up as well. He's talking about there, you know, there are three things that are never going to change: uh, the bats in the library, <laughs> which <laughs> is hilarious. And spoiler comes back. Yes, um, I don't remember the other thing. But then Mrs. McFeerly's compost heap. How could you? I'm so forget. sorry. What a what a uh, Mr. Rogers neighborhood sounding name. <laughs> yes, uh, and then our mayor, which brings us up to the story. But there's a point where you're kind of learning a little bit more about Birch and his beliefs, and he's talking about how. Democrats are, you know, they're basically they're never going to be like willing to like throw away the homeless people and never going to lock up the homeless Mm -hmm. and lock them up about the homeless is such an insane thing. But but the the writers of the show so clearly are, uh, at least for the most part, like good, well-meaning people that really were able to nail that tone so well. They must have had to do so much research or it was just, uh, you know, unavoidable. Like Mm -hmm. Lenny and Carl here uh, and Lisa all are aware of it despite not being like supporters of it it's just you know you know that it exists and they have mm-hmm. to kind of tune it out so they they just did such a good job and it's crazy that it has not gone away but actually gotten even worse as you said it was kind of the beginning yeah so we hear homer listening to the radio at work and then we kind of and it's it's a fun little sequence where we follow them at home and now we have lisa doing a project about uh the radio station i believe we have a clip around yes. that time, too. Mm, this sounds awfully controversial. Lisa, you know I don't like controversy in this house. I don't like him either, Mom, but I'm doing a report on local politics for my school project. You think you're so big because your class always gets to do projects. Well, um, I'm doing a school project on, uh, fireworks. Mm, Bart, I wish you wouldn't lie like that. Immediately washes them up and throws them away, yeah. uh, only to reveal. I mean, that to, honestly, that's a good enough joke as it is. The fact mm-hmm. that it goes to the next place is amazing. Uh, principal Skinner has these three Chinese principals saying, like, and to you know, to send off these yeah, principals to, with honor, uh, yeah. you know, to celebrate I, them. Can I say something? That, and maybe I was watching a little too hard because I was coming on here when the fireworks got uh, doused. Um, Man, I'm telling you, uh, one of those rockets looked like a, a, a limp phallus. <laughs> it really did. Bobcat, get out of here with no, that but, talk. How dare no, you? No, but I was like, hey, that's a little too close. How dare you besmirch the Maximum Fun headquarters with I, your I trash people, mouth. People... Without trash mouth, paranoid, or, 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 you know, everybody, it's it's so nutty now. Uh, it, it depresses me, actually. But this scene, the payoff is so good. They're these the principals, and they're about to be, you know, treated to this fireworks right. show, uh, and of course is not able to do it 
disappoints uh, visiting, everyone. Visiting Chinese yeah. principles. For some reason, everything there are three principles Everything about this setup <laughs> is beautiful to me. I want to learn everything about it. Why was Bart given the task of bringing the responsibility of this fireworks show? Well, because you'd know that he'd be the guy <laughs> right. with he the has hookup. The, and he has the hookup, yeah. But why would they want to see something that is that? Like, you know, it's just very funny to me. Everything about it is great. F. Instant F. Um, so f- right from there, we get that great moment of Lisa and Homer in the car, uh, which terrified young Julia. Uh, so I'm going to let you take it oh, from yeah. there. I mean, I, that was a riff. I, 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 I know you're still shaking. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I um, really love this moment as a kid because it did feed into my escapist fantasy of driving a car one day. Um, but it is a really funny back and forth. So Homer's driving and he's listening to this Rush Limbaugh radio station and um, Lisa's complaining about it and he says Lisa when I'm driving the car I get to listen to my radio station when you're driving we'll listen to yours and then it just um, jump cuts to we focus on the radio in the car and it's playing I forget what Some song. Some poppy song some poppy song and then we like widen out to reveal that Lisa's just like gleefully <laughs> driving and Homer's all like you know sullen like alright fuck can we switch again I just <laughs> love that like, joke so but much but it's some classic rock song it's like, like yeah, yeah. It's like, it seems like a like a Bruce Springsteen or something what love is <laughs> or something. something like that yeah uh, which is very funny for a little girl to like you'd think that a, at yeah. that time would have been like Britney Spears or something uh, but basically this is when we get the the intro of Saito Bob on the show, and we get that classic moment of, you know, Homer uh, trying to pretend that he knows who this guy is, like, ah, oh, yes, Bob, yakking it up on the old yak box, and, you know, <laughs> I'll spare you the embarrassment and let you know who he is. We get this little montage, which is kind of funny, because, you know, it just reminds you that this show at this time was, uh, you could catch it in syndication, but, you know, the DVDs weren't out yet, people, right. I guess, could have taped it, but there was a chance that maybe you didn't see every episode and actually could have gone this far without knowing who Sideshow Bob is, despite him having a number of appearances. And it seems funny to talk about that being a novel thing, since that's how TV was forever until recently. I know, I know. But for a lot of listeners and myself, like, that is something that we kind of just know, and it's kind of this, mm-hmm. you know, but I do archaic love, idea. Right. I do love the sequence, though. I just feel like the the way that they have it, it kind of, it builds in a way that feels as cinematic as the episode is overall, you know, which is a very cinematic episode that has a lot of different cinematic references to it. We get Citizen Kane later, but, you know, it is like a really nice jolt into what the episode is really going to be about. It's Sideshow Bob doing his Sideshow Bob thing. And just, like, taking over Springfield in a terrifying way. But I really just thought, uh, I forgot that, yeah, that point that the episode's that old, that it was just, the the refresher was just uh, about how dumb Homer is. <laughs> but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, because when, when they said that line, I was like, wait, what year was this one? Because he... Sideshow Bob's been on the show already. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so, it's hard to track in the timeline sometimes because I know he gets reformed. Ugh, yeah. And then he goes back. And, ugh, <laughs> I can't. Uh, so at this point, Lisa, because she was the one who's been listening to the radio, uh, runs into the room to warn Bart about his mortal enemy. Uh, and we have that clip. Bart, your mortal enemy is on the radio. It's time for more Dementia with Dr. Demento. Ah! I meant your other mortal enemy, Sideshow Bob. (gasps) Sideshow Bob? Oh, 
I'm only ten and I already got two mortal enemies. <laughs> I need to know what that backstory is. <laughs> How did that happen? I don't know. Does Dr. Demento show up again? Not no, to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge, yeah. yeah uh, Weird Al a great deal, so yeah, kind he's, of. Yeah, he's on. Um, do, do you have any connection to Dr. Demento? <laughs> Are you a mortal enemy to, <laughs> oh, Dr. Demento? Yeah, to the doctor? I, uh, yeah, we, uh, it was... Uh, East Coast, West Coast kind of thing. Yeah. When I first came out here from uh, Boston. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no, I've always gotten along with uh, the doctor. Uh, No, we have a long uh, beef. I went to him with a a real medical problem. And he he performed surgery on me. Oh, back, And not well. Oh, no. I'm actually much taller. Well, that's good. He, he, Spiritually, <laughs> now. No, I, he took off a few inches. Mm. Oh, man. Uh, I, I would love for our listeners to uh, tweet at us and let us know what you think is the reason that uh, Bart and Dr. Demento are mortal enemies. Yeah. Uh, and while you guys do that, let's take a quick break. Hi, I'm Paula Poundstone. And I'm Adam Felber. Adam, I haven't gotten one thing done today. Well, let me see your to-do list. Ah, yeah, well, here. Make 30-second promo for Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, so at least you're getting that done. Score! Except you haven't said what the show's about. We're like a comedy field guide to life, starring me and you. I give useful advice, and we have real experts to talk about things like how to keep a friend or what to do when you encounter a bear. Bully for you, but you haven't said where people can find the show. Oh, MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. All right, we're back. At this point, uh, we are back on that radio call where we are learning uh, what Bob has been up to, uh, Sideshow Bob, that is, (laughs) and (laughs) it could be a little confusing, only this once, and... Basically, we have this great moment where he's saying, just like, you know, he's on the phone and says, like, I was charged for a crime that I didn't commit. Attempted murder. Do they give you a Nobel Prize for attempted chemistry? And mm-hmm. it's just such a <laughs> such a clean joke. It's like such a classic, like, joke book joke to me. I love it. It's just such a good straight up, you know, punchline there. Uh, so at this point, Birch is rallying up the troops and letting people know, you know, hey, let's do our job to get uh, Sideshow Bob out of prison. Like, let's do what we can. And we cut to Moe. But but here's the thing. Yes. The, the why he likes Sideshow Bob is because Sideshow Bob agrees with him mm-hmm. and is a fan. So that is true. that's the thing that's scary. It's that well, he may be <laughs> attempted murderer, but he's uh, it, he's he's at least on the same page as us. Right. So I'm gonna go save him. One right. of us, part of the club, kind of mentality, which is insane. Which is what's Very going Trumpian. on now. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. Listen, there were people who did bad things on both sides. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, we get that line uh, later from Lisa, just like he's actually the lesser of two evils this time. Yeah. Uh, um, so at this point, you know, we have Bart listening to the radio program mm-hmm. in his headphones. And once we learned that he's free, uh, he yells no. Uh, and we have that great Mrs. Krabappel line. Yeah, I love it so much. We widen out to show that it's in the middle of class and Mrs. Krabappel is at the front. And she says, well, 
despite Bart's objections, the people of South Africa can now vote in free democratic elections. You know? I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple moments like that in The Simpsons. Uh, there's that one, and then there's also uh, Lisa snickering at Nelson batting, uh, you know, the the bees around or whatever with um, uh, Willie. Yeah. And it's like, is there something funny about the word tromboner to you, Lisa? <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's a simple little joke, too. Um, I also want to say, so uh, we're building to eventually, um, you know, all of the people of Springfield protest for Sideshow Bob to be released from prison. And then he just quickly gets a pardon from Mayor Quimby. Um, and we learned that his name is Robert Anderdonk Terwilliger. What a name. Anderdonk. I is had to write it down. Anderdonk? Anderdank? Anderdonk? 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 I'm the Rock, Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> it could have also been my autocorrect making a fool of me. No, no, I couldn't get it either. I was trying to figure it out, uh, and I didn't want to cheat. Uh, AKA yeah. research the show that we do a podcast for. <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've got other things going on. True. I I do really love learning full names of characters. Uh, it, it seems to make the world a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, we get that moment of Moe's, which I thought was pretty good, uh, where Moe is trying to uh, give everybody a grenade oh yeah <laughs> yeah and uh we, barney of all people is the one who's able to be like you know i think he meant through non-violent grassroots political action <laughs> you know uh again bringing it back to me please please do uh, when i was in australia the australians are convinced that i am the voice of barney <laughs> Not not like once or twice, just constantly. Everybody just assumed I was the voice is of it, Barney. Is it because you keep telling them that you are? <laughs> yeah, I put it out on my headshot, the voice of Barney, but I'm at the purple I dinosaur. Just, I would just love that on a headshot in, in quotes, quotes. Quote, the voice of Barney. Many Australians think I'm the voice of Barney. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, yeah, I got that constantly. Barney were, the dinosaur or Barney no, this Barney? This Barney. All Barneys? You're it's all just, Barney Fife? Barney Fife, yeah. It just didn't trans <laughs> yeah. uh, the uh, the voice I did, I guess, sounds, uh, w- with the accent, sounds like... I could like, get that. Mm. Yeah, for was sure. It, was it to the point where you were like, there's no use fighting this anymore? Yeah, I just wrote it. I said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have a lot of laughs. Uh, so at this point, uh, we get a sneak peek of what the Republican Party looks like, Republican headquarters. Right. Um, some of the members are Mr. Burns and Smithers, a vampire who's being given a glass of blood. Uh, and they're all, and we also had Rainier Wolfcastle. It's a really good collection of people. Hibbert is surprising. I don't think so, because he's like a wealthy doctor who yeah. would want to oh, get yeah. an upper. I guess so. Yeah, up. no, I thought that was a good good call, actually. I just I consider him to be like so Switzerland and everything that's going on in Springfield. He's a little evil sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I that guess evil laugh. That laugh. <laughs> Damn, I've been a fool, an April fool, as it were, <laughs> this entire time. Uh, so it was a very interesting uh, selection that, yeah, I would say I agreed with. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically, you get this moment of everybody, what's going on over here? Sorry, I'm just thinking about the next <laughs> joke. It's so good. Walk us through it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Burns talks to the group and he says that they have a new mayoral candidate that they're very excited about and he says if you just <laughs> that good damn you Oakley and Weinstein if you just open that door you'll see the next mayor of Springfield and the door opens and it's just a water cooler with you get a smattering of applause a smatter- and then a bubble 
Er- it, gurgles. It, goes, it gurgles. And somebody goes, what did it say? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's, oh, mwah, mwah, mwah. And then, of course, Bob comes out. And then you get Rainier saying, just like, I like the human touch. It's beautiful. <laughs> I also just liked the, 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 uh, what they were looking for is a true leader who will do exactly as he's told. I mean, I yeah. think that's not the one that's going to make you laugh as a kid, but it is something that's poignant in a way that really sticks to this your bones. That's what I'm saying. But then, actually, this is a part where the path diverges a little bit for Trump, you know, as we know now, because he's such a wild card. So they thought that they'd be able to pull the strings. And mm, I well, don't need to talk about it. Well, but it depends. I mean, yeah. it depends who's. Oh, I guess so. Who put him in. in... Yeah, I think that it's still unfolding, and we really just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. day it's new. Yeah. I feel like we, I feel like we keep getting, like, puzzle pieces but then realize we've been working in a different puzzle box entirely yeah like, i've been doing sudoku when everybody else has been doing the I'm, new york I'm, times I'm, crossword and i'm on jenga yeah uh so at this I point think it's really jumanji i think that's actually <laughs> what it really is uh we we check in on uh, springfield elementary where uh Sideshow bob is trying to kind of win over the the kid vote and <laughs> he's perfect for this because he's a clown yeah and, uh so we get lots of very good puns and uh, little tricks. mm -hmm, This forced media event, I think, as they describe it. Yeah. Um, I I love, uh, you know, just like him going like, what's wrong about Quimby is that he flip-flops all over the place and just doing that. I actually do wish that all political coverage or, like, debates were kind of more physical in this way. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, you know... My I, kid brain appreciates it. I was wondering, like, how, how do they write that kind of joke? Mm. Because it, he's doing physical stuff. The flipping, you can, you write that. But then he does this weird thing where his feet are going in two different directions and his, he's pointing in two different yeah. – and he's walking in a perpendicular line. And if you put that on the page, it would be very boring and it wouldn't translate as funny. So mm-hmm. I, I do wonder how those kind of gags – Well, right. that's something that kind of came up not – it's not really the same in that it is a physical joke, but uh, when Bill Oakley was talking about the very famous steamed hams bit, which he wrote for 22 short films, he was saying, this is either the funniest thing I've written or the least funny thing I've ever written. I truly don't know, because when you read it, it's kind of like... Oh, boy. It's really just two people talking about hamburgers. Like, you can't right, tell, right, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. So I imagine the same is true there, but the, the visual component really does make it unbelievable. I think what also happens, too, and at least it's been... I, I can't say this is for, like, every animated writer's room, um, but in some that I've been in where you just have somebody that draws <laughs> at the table to sort of illustrate some of the points, so maybe, like, the director of that episode sometimes, or... Gotta get those Merc heads. Gotta get those Merkheads in the house. <laughs> Merkhead Manor. So, That's so, where they hang out. Anybody else? So, uh, a a Merkhead really would be just a toupee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. That's all that is. Now, but has, it feels has, like a pervy now, texture. Now, has to David it. been in here on the show? No, no. but we would love da- oh. David to come on. Yeah. David. Hey. <laughs> come inside. You've been waiting outside long enough. We've had David Silverman. Is I that don't the know David? him. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's you, David. He's dead. I always see Merkin on the holidays. Oh, that's nice. Does he see you? <laughs> no, I'm just outside his window. Because you're a ghost and you're not wearing I'm, white. I'm just this head floating around. <laughs> you're not wearing white, so he doesn't yeah. see you. It's dangerous. You get hit. I'm like dead again. Uh, yeah, how does that 
that work? <laughs> I don't know, but we'll find out. Oof. <laughs> uh, so the Lisa and Bart at this point are realizing that they kind of need to help Quimby out. Yeah. He doesn't really stand a chance. We checked in on him earlier and didn't mention it, that he's watering a marijuana plant. And he's... <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Uh, I didn't even catch that. I just went, he's gardening, which feels <laughs> off character. So is that the joke? He's gardening. I was, I well, was living a simple life earlier. Were you, <laughs> were you homeschooled? How would you no, not know? I didn't look that hard. I was writing notes. Oh. Life was moving fast in my house. I don't know. How did you not see that as To a be fair, plan? she was coming back from Iceland. Oh, did that's you watch true. it in Iceland? No, I watched it. Did you it. watch any Simpsons in Iceland? I didn't. Not without, Julia. I would not without you <laughs> i only watched that carl episode that takes place in iceland doesn't oh, it no i, I didn't, don't but know. i should have <laughs> uh but basically the kids hop all over him and uh trying to hug him to make him look good and he does not respond well he's like there are things on me like get them off uh they call him uncle mayor and they say like oh he was just saying that we're the most like children are the most important resource and i love Kent oh, the natural resources natural resources uh even more important than coal uh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's so impressed by that. It's so cute. Uh, but as, uh, you know, uh, Bart is taken into the limousine of Bob, Saito Bob and his people and given these, you know, vote for Bob buttons, uh, he's thrown out onto the Simpsons uh, front lawn at the same time that Archie and the gang uh, throw Homer out yes. and stay out of Riverdale. And most, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually have to say I really appreciate that I joke. That was pretty... Uh, Dada. I and then there's a Riverdale callback. Later. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what's so funny is later uh, Homer is reading Archie comics, but Archie exists in the Simpsons. Don't it's think so too hard good. about no, it. No, no, no. I, I will like just it. let it's it exactly happen. Right. I like yeah. it. But I yeah. like the idea of using it to study up on like what to do next. But enough about that. Uh, we now get to hear the ad for Joe Quimby. So let's listen to that now. Quimby, if you were running for mayor, he'd vote for you. Paid for by the mayor, Quimby for mayor, mayoral committee. Hey, four eyes, vote Quimby. Hey, Beardo, vote Quimby. This time he's the lesser of two evils. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love Quimby. Uh, could I have some more bumper stickers, please, dude? I love that. Uh, so at this point, the visual, of course, is that poor Millhouse is just covered in these stickers. Uh, he's in a shopping cart with Kearney and Jimbo and those fellows. And uh, he, I love, I have also loved Jimbo's voice so much. He's like, the mommy's ready for his mystical journey. Yeah, I just love, like, <laughs> the general tomfoolery beat that we have, you know, with the local bullies. It's really, really funny. Yeah, so everyone is trying to uh, rally up supporters, whether they're Quimby or uh, Sajo Bob. Uh, we are trying to figure out how the old people, I guess, are going to get picked. And uh, we talk about the Matlock Express, but to <laughs> win them over, uh, Sajo Bob says that he's going to listen to all their anecdotes, no matter how In- annoying. Interminable <laughs> anecdotes. Interminable. Uh, and we get a really great story from Grandpa uh, mm-hmm. about how he was the first owner of the radio. Uh, and it was I forget who the who the person Edison. Yes, Edison yes, was Edison. just <laughs> it was just him uh, saying the alphabet. Yeah, yeah but I, I love the order of it. Uh, uh, A, he'd say, then B, 
C would usually follow. <laughs> <laughs> that really got me. Yeah. Uh, we, we get another ad uh, talking about, how, you know, this time it's against Quimby. He talks about the re- revolving door prisons. And I love that they're just like, they even released Sideshow Bob, who was committed for two murders. Uh, vote Sideshow Bob for mayor. Yeah, yeah. I also love the image of this, like, dramatic reenactment of what they're painting the picture of the prison to be, that it actually does have a revolving door. And yeah, also literally. Also later coming Esca- out of yeah. yeah. And then the uh, ski uh, lift. Oh, yeah, the ski lift. The ski lift is dropping prisoners. That just looks like a fun theme park, but uh, like in Amsterdam. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so at this point but we that get... that was a, an actual commercial uh, oh. where it was a, an actual revolving door. That's really? where that came from, yeah. I didn't know that. I just thought it was yeah. Simpsons being especially clever. I think it was a... Uh, I feel might have like, been an, anti-Dukakis, I believe. Yeah, Got I, it. in my research of this episode, I feel like every single you know possible political reference that they yeah. could make to something else pre-existing, they did. Yeah, that song seemed really close to the Kennedy. Uh, they had a mm-hmm. when Kennedy was running against Nixon. There was just happy animated cartoon. It was it was animated, but it was just Kennedy, 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 Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I, on um, that episode of my show I was talking about, I went back and watched a bunch because we do have campaign commercials. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, I ended up watching a whole bunch. I miss uh, the days when we used to have voting jingles for uh, candidates. Yeah. I uh, I love uh, political ads in general. They're just so fascinating. The one that was uh, that stood out for me just in terms of like where it landed in my youth uh, was um, uh, Christine O'Donnell, who had the, I'm not a witch. I'm nothing you've heard. Do you guys know about this ad? No. She was someone, yeah. And so she got auto-tuned, and it's a song that is stuck into my head all the time. <laughs> I'm not a witch. I'm nothing you've heard. I'm you, you, you. I'm not a witch. It's really catchy. Wow. It always stay with me but basically <laughs> to start an ad with i'm not a witch <laughs> yeah. so That's funny really to great. me it M- seems like the simpsons my favorite political song uh and maybe you guys have heard this it's from like the american songbook i think mm-hmm. but it was like a song that i would like put like as like a random track on a mix like when i was in college um jimmy carter says yes oh my god do you know that mm-hmm. one it's so <laughs> soft <Can't I> government <laughs> be competent jimmy, jimmy carter says yes and it's like <laughs> just jimmy carter the says yes government keychain and then there's of you course got pipes. and then of course there's a spoken word part i jimmy carter <laughs> jimmy carter says yes it's so crazy song, that genuinely out. i play that on a set that i'm working on all day long you do? To, to make the it's crew so insane good and then, so and then eventually they all start singing because it is a very good it's, it's a, also kind of a slow burn too like a slow burn earworm that can yeah. get in and you're just like ah oh. and the math of this soulful <laughs> dude talking about the whitest man in america is really it's, great uh, yeah it's it's right here. If you oh, great! <laughs> yes, please. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I mean, I just like groove to this on the reg for real. Yeah, it's a solid jam. It really is. <laughs> I love this. Oh my God, Allie! Welcome to one of my favorite songs. <laughs> Jimmy Carter says yes. Jimmy Carter says yes. 
<laughs> and you know he's singing to the sky. Oh, yeah. He has spoken. Thank you. Then they break it down. I love it's that. It's so uh, good. Everyone should go look that up. We'll post it on our yeah. on our Twitter and in the uh, description. And none of the other songs on that album are, are anything as good like as that. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, both candidates could have used that in this next scene uh, where uh, Larry King is uh, moderating. Uh, it's fun to see a nice young Larry King in this yeah. also. <laughs> His choice is ghost Strapping outfit. Larry King. <laughs> Can I tell, you know I, we're probably way behind. But no, no, we're good. I used to direct the Kimmel show. And, um, and, uh, and in order to... Uh, Part of the deal for Larry King to be on the show was that his wife, who sings blues, <laughs> uh, was on the show, and and so she comes out and she's singing, and, and Larry turns around and he's looking back at her, and then uh, this is when it was a little more loosey goosey on the show, mm-hmm. as you would say. I I put his I put. I put his face in a heart, and then I had it floating all around her. Oh, great! I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, and I don't think they ever do. Uh, that well, yeah. that, is, that is something that kind of happens in this scene where basically the footage is rendered uh, to hurt Quimpy even more. Yeah, uh, but basically what happens in this is. Uh, you see a very sickly Quimby who's saying, oh, I shouldn't have shaken the hands of those old, old people. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically he's, you know, Lisa's worried, but Bart reassures her that he's taken all these medicines. Uh, one, one of, of our, our sponsors. sponsors. The Quickie Mart Discount Flu Remedy Extra Drowsy Edition. Extra drowsy. And so uh, while they're talking, uh, you know, flicks his hair back so it looks like devil horns. You mm-hmm. get the flames around him. And he's just sweating so hard. And it, and this is, you yeah, know, the a flames direct... are added. It was <laughs> yeah. as if like I was directing. Yes, exactly. Yes, it, flames, I think it says flames added electronically by Channel 6. Yes. Yeah. Um, but this is a direct reference to the Nixon-Kennedy um, debates when he had just been recovering from a cold or maybe still had a cold and then also refused makeup. Nixon refused makeup because he found it to be too girly. Ugh. And, and then he's yeah. and he's just sweating like a, mm-hmm. a lunatic. Uh, yeah. so, so we get the actual uh, voting segment where we get to see how a couple people vote. Uh, I really love Homer of just like, I don't agree with his Bart killing policy, but I do approve of his Selma <laughs> killing policy. <laughs> yeah, and then Krusty votes and says something I forgot. Uh, well, you know, he did, you know, for, uh, frame me for armed robbery, but I really can't get enough of those upper class tax cuts. Yeah. Uh, and once he wins, we get that evil, evil laugh of his. And the best is Kent Brockman just saying, and just look how happy he is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then when we check in on him, it's like the direct visual reference to Citizen Kane with this uh, big poster yes. in the background. Ah, uh, yes. Like I said, this is a scary episode, guys. It is a scary episode, whether you're a little Julia or an adult Julia. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, little versions of ourselves, Bart Simpson is uh, asked to go back to kindergarten. Oh, uh, yeah. This is, this is, I think there are at least two times where he's been uh, held back or sent back to a remedial program. Uh, but what's so great is that Bart is thriving. <laughs> yeah. He's doing wonderfully. Uh, what shape is this? Triangle. All right. You get your first choice of, you know, toy. And he's just like, I got to do the Flintstone phone. Yabba dabba too. I like talking to you. I think that's one of my favorite jokes on it the show. It is one of my favorites, too. Oh, there's also a joke that we quickly skipped over. Yes, but, please. Um, they're building the Matlock Expressway in the middle of their <laughs> house. And uh, Homer and Marge wake up to the thuds of all the construction and the ground shaking. And 
and Homer sc- screams, it's the rapture! Quick, get Bart out of the house before God comes! <laughs> I just love that kind of playful, like, Bart's a heathen kind of joking. It's really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there's this point where Lisa is, you know, kind of saying, just like, there's no way that this guy won fairly. Mm-hmm. Like, how could one convicted villain uh, get so many votes when another one got so few? Right. Uh, which I love. And we get another moment of, uh, you know, uh, the stuck-up Riverdale punks thinking they're too good for Homer when uh, basically Lisa gets a clue uh, from Smithers, uh, mm-hmm. who we kind of learn he is undercover trying to help this message. He's, uh, <laughs> he's deep throat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all the present oh. men. I want to say also that so she goes to um, the Springfield House of Records, the sign gag being not the good kind of records, <laughs> historical ones. <laughs> um, and we get our first uh, appearance of the word meh. No way. Yeah. Wow. I was really certain you guys would freak out when I said that. I did. Just quietly. <laughs> okay. In a meh kind of way, you freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you set that up for anyone who missed it? Yeah. Uh, she goes to, essentially, I guess, the librarian and asks for all of the uh, records from uh, whoever voted in the last election. And he just hands her a huge stack. And she goes, well, I thought this was a secret ballot. And he just goes, meh. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> it's very How perfect good. when we just de- deconstruct a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan. Uh, so we, when Lisa falls asleep, um, she, you know, she gets a note from some, from who is at that point a mysterious man. Mm-hmm. We see who it is. Uh, Bart and Lisa are talking about, like, how cool and exciting this is. I forget who they're comparing themselves to, but they're saying it's like they don't normally have their dad with them in the car. That's when Homer's reading up on the Archie comics. Uh, I love that rivalry. To me, it's as funny as the Dr. Demento-Bart rivalry. It makes so much sense. And uh, basically, uh, they're they're figuring out that they're going to have to stay in a Motel 6, which Homer cannot afford, mm-hmm. uh, unless they could find this name that was given to them uh, by Smithers. Mm-hmm. They say, if you, if you can find this name, you'll find everything you need. Um, and they are just, you know, shit out of luck. They can't figure it out yes. uh, until they see the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um well, they go back to the library first, sorry. They go back to the library, and we have a really funny callback of them, like, opening up one drawer, and then With a bunch the bats. of bats fly <laughs> out. Uh, so we actually have that clip here. This is hopeless. They're going to demolish our house for sure. We're going to have to move into a Motel 6. But Dad can't afford $6 a night. Hey. Please, please come here. I found him. I found Edgar Neubauer. The dead have risen and they're voting Republican. (gasps) No, Bart, don't you see? Dead people can't vote. Look, Prudence Goodwife died 1641. She voted for Bob, too. (gasps) So did Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper. Even the Pet Cemetery voted for Bob. (gasps) Look, Mr. and Mrs. Bananas, Humphrey Beauregard. Oh, my poor dead kitty. Please, not you, too. Hey, um, he did try to kill me. 
Uh, the Simpsons loves big bopper jokes. Uh, yeah. There's another one where they, they're looking at, or is, I think it's just this, but the when it shows the tombstone, yes. I love that it, it's just, goodbye, baby. <laughs> goodbye, baby. <laughs> I loved the like really wooden explanation in Wikipedia for, um, hello, baby, was his catchphrase. <laughs> so they just flipped it. I'm like, thanks, Good Wikipedia. <laughs> but it's so funny. Uh, so, so this point they go to the town hall they're having the trial uh, we get Lionel Hutz played by Phil Hartman so funny in this it's very brief but he's asking Sajabob like is it true that you rigged the election he says no and he immediately says kids help <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically he's all out of ideas uh, and it's it's seeming hopeless except for Lisa has a great idea which is basically to insult his intelligence in a way that you know a criminal mind would have no choice but to say no it was me I'm so smart mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I relate to that I don't think that I could do something that took so much work and not take credit in my weakest <laughs> moments <laughs> yeah I think that that is relatable to some I don't know I uh, <laughs> yeah I it's a common device where the yeah I did it <laughs> <laughs> right right oh well they said that they structured it basically in the way that every episode of Perry Mason ends with okay yeah just like yeah, and and it also has like tinges of I guess every Scooby Doo reveal. It's like if right. it yeah, weren't for totally. you meddling kids, kind of thing. Yes, but I I mean it it works for me in this way. I'm not asked. I'm not needing any more of a clever. Right. And I'm not watching uh, the Simpsons for the twist. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean uh, I don't. I mean I don't mean that uh, snarky. No, uh, not at all. Uh, I you know I I uh, the twist is 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 how. Uh, uh, th- that the twist is always the 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 uh, wholesome kind of sweet ending. That's yeah, that's I the think twist so too. Because you sit there for a half an hour and and mm-hmm. uh, they pull it off and it, it's not modeling. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the moments when basically what happens for those who don't remember is Lisa s- says, you know, the, the true criminal here is uh, Birch and mm-hmm. is that his name. I hope yes, Birch. Yeah. And uh, you know, he was the mastermind behind all of it. You were just as lackey. You were and gives a couple of examples. My favorite example, of course, is you were the. Do you have it all? Yeah, Please Ronnie to his Nancy, Sonny to his Cher, Ringo to the rest of the Beatles. <laughs> I love it so much. And any good drummer will tell you that Ringo is actually great, but I still love a good Ringo joke. Uh, So there's this moment where uh, he says, you know, he admits it. And he said, Sideshow Bob says, you know, uh, is, is, you know, is this all you want? Is this what you want from me? And he says, we want you to, you know, tell us the truth. He's like, Mm -hmm. you can't handle the truth. You know, truth handler you. He makes it go even longer. But they they ask why he does it. uh, And uh, we have that clip here. Your guilty conscience may force you to vote Democratic. But deep down inside, you secretly long for a cold-hearted Republican to lower taxes, brutalize criminals, and rule you like a king. That's why I did this. To protect you from yourselves. Now, if you don't mind, I have a city to run. Bailiffs, place the mayor under arrest. What? Oh, yes. All that stuff I did. Marge, we did it. Now we get to keep our house and you get to go back to the fourth grade. Oh, tomorrow we were going to find out who the dish ran away with. The spoon, Bart. <gasps> of course. Such good 
voice acting on Of Course. It's oh, so funny to me. I know. Uh, the, the episode closes out with checking in on Sideshow Bob, uh, who's saying basically he will have his vengeance. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can't wait to get out of this roach-infested, you know, hellhole. Uh, to which we see, like, what a nice, wonderful place <laughs> yeah, this is. Yeah, it's like a really nice prison. Uh, the minimal uh, security prison. And they're fi- you know, they have to get good so that they can compete against Princeton, uh, to which he has his very famous step on a rake. Ugh, I can't yeah. do it very well. But uh, it's such a... I forget just how funny and iconic this episode is. There's so many good moments. I mean, I guess if you forget how iconic it is, it's not that iconic. But really <laughs> great moments all throughout. Some of my favorite jokes. Um, but when you revisit it now, it's really depressing. It yeah. is very depressing. <laughs> it bummed me out. <laughs> it scared me and it bummed me out a little bit. Uh, yeah, the, the line about the king at the end there even. Um, mm-hmm. I did on the on the show I do. Uh, there's definitely a tip to the sideshow Bob with the rakes. You yes. know, there's a a guy who, who who got shot earlier in the episode, and he shows up, and all he's got to do is walk over and finish the episode, basically. <laughs> and I, he goes every step. Ah, I love it. <laughs> Ah, and it's it's probably a good minute and a half of yeah, television. That's yeah, that's so yeah. good. I'm surprised I didn't get a note about that. But yeah, it's just, and it just goes on and on and on. And I watched it for the first time. It was on last night, and because um, that's the weird thing about making a TV show versus a movie, you don't watch, see people watch it, right? Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see how that stops being funny and then people started laughing it was just like that, that that's but, one of my favorite kinds of laughs the oh, boomerang yeah. laugh oh my goodness yeah. but the, the the how long is the uh sideshow bob break thing because it goes on forever yeah and i think it's I like know. 30 seconds but uh we talked about it on the show that it was really that they needed to stretch for time <laughs> <laughs> so really? yeah. kelsey grammar saw yeah. it because kelsey grammar did the sound once and then they just repeated it again <laughs> and again and and so when he saw it, he was like, what the hell is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a treat, though. Can you imagine if you were super- if you were Kelsey Grammer and you know what you did in acting in the episode and then saw that and were surprised by that <laughs> whole scene? Like, what a treat. Well, I feel like when I saw it going in, uh, like, when the actors did the scene and, and blocking uh uh, <laughs> clearly, he was too far away, and I saw the actor make the choice. Right. I don't know if I have talents, but there is one talent where I go, yeah, we're going to keep this this way. We're yeah, going yeah, yeah. to have this go on forever. I That's love that. Great. Uh, so uh, of all of the Simpsons characters, uh, aside from your cameo, uh, <laughs> which character do you think you relate to the most? That's weird. I, I don't know, uh, you know. If you if you'd asked me a King of the Hill, it'd be like I was Bobby Hill. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. That's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> I was him. I have a purse that says that. I know. It's I so was great. him because I was like this fat kid, but it's never about him being fat. And like yeah. I yeah. just thought I didn't. That wasn't like that wasn't my identity. Mm-hmm. I just kind of you know I wanted to be a comedian. You know, in third grade. I mean, right. I am Bobby Hill. I mean, it was crazy that. how and is weird and how sensitive he is and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So 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 on the Simpsons, I don't know. I can't think. Apparently, I'm Barney in Australia. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know who I'd be. I, that's a good question. Well, that's something you could always let us know uh, later, and then we'll tell the internet 
I wonder who the Bobby Hill of The Simpsons is. Do you think it's Martin Prince? I was thinking that too, but no. <laughs> okay. Cause, cause I was thinking too. He's not, just too he's much not, of a nerd. Yeah, Martin's right, not cool. Right, he is. Yeah. He's but, self-aware in a way that yeah. uh, Bobby's not. There's like such an earnest goodness to, I mean, right. there's kind of like a combo of a lot of characters. I mean, the, the, those characters are just so complex. Like they're so, they're so grounded. It makes sense. Well, the thing about Bobby Hill is that he's like irrefutably himself he's like dialed up to 10 himself <laughs> um but but if you would ask him who are you he wouldn't be able to give you the slightest bit of an answer <laughs> right. Yes. right but like i'm just thinking my dad yeah you know a, a sheet metal worker dealing with his uh portly son singing <laughs> sound <laughs> south yeah. pacific yeah. And the sound of music. Saying you ain't right. Yeah. Well, just like, just like it's my youngest, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I guess of the Simpsons characters, Martin is definitely the closest. But he's got to be mixed with somebody. Listeners, let us know who you think. Mm, I am. <laughs> Bob okay. Gaddis. No, I was going to say who uh, Bobby is. But um, would you say that, I mean, there's so many lessons within this episode. But what would you say is the takeaway lesson that we could have learned from Sideshow Bob Roberts? I think that this is a warning this episode. You know, we we would dismiss uh, fringe right lunatics and this episode really lays out the danger of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's kind of... Uh, it's it's a crystal ball. It's a little nutty. Yeah. Yeah. If only we had listened in 1994. I was three. What was everyone else doing? Hey. <laughs> you were six. I was, I, yes, the, it was truly my responsibility. You were in school to, already. <laughs> I know. I should have been, you know, working from the inside out. Four? No, yeah. no, no. Is that right? What year I was, was six. 94? Yeah. I was six. I'm sorry to say. Uh, I can go either way with this. I could say uh, I, I could was say, I was opening for Nirvana, or right. I could say I was the voice of a dirty puppet on a WB show. So, well, you said both, so I'll take both. I'll yeah, take both. I think that's the, the street cred. Uh, it goes right out the window when you take the, yeah. <laughs> the dirty puppet money. Uh, well, Bobcat, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been so much fun. Uh, everyone, watch Misfits and Monsters yeah. True TV. Um, is it streaming anywhere? Is it yeah, di- and folks can get it like on iTunes and, and uh, T- True TV has an app, and yeah, you can find it. And it's, it's one of the few comedy anthology yeah, series it's, out. It's anthology, and there's always some sort of horror, and most episodes have some sort of scares in it. So yeah, it's uh, and I was out with Dana Gould the other night, and I was like, man, if something happens, <laughs> <laughs> the kings of basic cable horror comedy. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. We're the only two people doing That's hilarious. Well, Julie and I will decide which of you will pretend to dress like the next day. We'll just, mm-hmm. you know, one of us will be Dana, one of us will be you. Okay. And we'll just slowly take the helm. <laughs> uh, but thank you. show up. Action, everyone. Turn off that Jimmy Carter says yes. There's no more time. No, for... turn it on. And everyone's is, like, this you, is actually better. I, I, I torture the crew with that. That's I would so funny. Them. It feels like I feel like we're part of the same club now. It feels it's, like the cult of that song. It's a pretty deep cut. It's well, let's really play good. it and yeah, keep it, keep it going. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, thank you, Bobcat. Where can people find you online? Do you uh, care? I'm no. I'm I'm on Instagram, and then uh, uh, I'll, uh, as soon as the last episode of the show, I'll probably get off Instagram. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Julia, where can people find you? Ah, thanks so much for asking. I'm. Uh, I was going to say Allie Gertz on all the Hell things. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm at Julia 
Julia Julia Prescott on all the things. Allie, where can people find you? Thank you so much for asking. You can find me at Allie Gertz and all the things. You can find us at Simpsons Pod. And Everything's Coming Up Simpsons is a production of Maximum Fun. Our show is engineered and edited by Jesus Ambrosio. And our senior producer is Laura Swisher. Swish. All right. Smell you later. Smell you later. Also, get tickets to our show on oh, September yeah. 15th. Uh, our special In guest is... Austin, Texas. Yeah, Brian Bushwood. Uh, it's going to be great. All right. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.